What is up, guys? Welcome to the third out. We have had a busy week of offseason movement, of uh, free agency. We've had a lot of movement, a lot of free agent signing. We're going to talk about those today. Noah, how's your week been? It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I didn't, ha- didn't do a whole lot. Uh, school was pretty busy. I uh, finally finished up the, the semester there. You know, finished. Uh, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I finished a week early than most places since I'm doing the online. Yeah, began the week this week in uh, Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh uh, Ravens game. So that was that was pretty interesting. Got to see so, some good old backups and third strings in there. Yeah, I got to see Mitch Trubisky throw three interceptions. So that was fun. Ooh. Uh we uh Pittsburgh was quiet here, but mm-hmm. uh Baltimore also quiet here in the off season. So at least those cities have something to look at this past week. Wonder yeah. who their quarterback's going to be for the next week. Yeah, yeah, fighting for playoff spots. One team is. Yeah, and, and then yeah, and then the other team's fighting for a top five draft pick. So you know, there's somewhat entertaining stuff going They're on. Not that far apart. No, not at all. And that game That's, shows that. Yeah, it's, the NFL is crazy so this, this year, especially. Yes, it really I mean, is. It seems to be like this every year. It catches me off guard how crazy it is, but like, yeah, like the NFC East is all about five hundred here, but. Yeah, we're not an NFL talk show, so we'll get off that. I could go on a long time about that. Um, remaining free agents, we're not going to talk a lot about the remaining free agents, but we got Correa, Swanson, Rodon still out there. Yeah, those um, are the big three. Exactly, and I feel like if we have a week where we don't have as much offseason move or as much free agent movement, we can talk about those guys a little bit more. But for today, let's talk about the ones that did get signed. Starting with the big one happened, I believe, the day after we after we recorded, and that is Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. Yes, he got his deal. Yeah, Aaron Judge finally got his deal. You know, nine years. He's getting forty million a year. You know, so his nine year put him at his age thirty season. So this is pretty much what you expected. This is the deal that everybody thought he would get. You know, along the lines once he was asking for, he could have got more. Uh, you know, the Padres and Giants both offered him more per year, and. Um, you know, with incentives and living in California and all that stuff. But he decided to stay. I don't want to say stay home because he's from California, but stay in New York. Um, yeah. You know, wanted to be a Yankee. So, yeah, he's, you know, he took on that Derek Jeter type role. A lot of people are thinking he's going to be named captain after he, he re-signing. So, yeah, exciting time to be a Yankees fan with the return of Aaron Judge. They're going to need some pieces around him. Uh, I think that was one of the incentives that they're like, you have to get, have to put more players around me. It can't yeah. be like it was this past year. But yeah, it, it's exciting. Um, obviously, he's probably not going to have this year he did last year, all those nine years, but nine years, 40 million a year. I think it's a solid number for him. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something we're going to see a lot throughout this discussion. We have short, shorter deals for like a lot per year, and we have some. Really long-term deals here. Some teams mm-hmm. tying into some stuff. This was one of the long deals. Kind of cut him down on like you, like you said, like the average for about like you know yearly value. I don't know. I 
just with everything that it was cracked out to be, I kind of expected more of like an A-Rod market reset than what mm-hmm. we got. Um, but like you said, he didn't even go for the biggest deal with what the Potters and Giants were offering him, apparently. Um, but yeah, it, the Yankees retained their top player. That's the That's the important thing here. The team impact is kind of hard because it's the same team as it was last year, but how do you see yeah. that working out? Yeah, as of right now, it's the same team as it was last year, essentially. Of course, you have some of the prospects that they brought up at the tail end of last year with Cabrera and Oswald. So those guys should make the opening day roster this year. And then you have uh, Vlope coming in, uh, probably starting the season in AAA, and then he'll be caught up eventually at some point during yeah. the year. So slight differences, but essentially the same team, you know, the same core guys are there. But I'll be looking to they'll add a couple couple positions to take pressure off of him. So I think the team impact, obviously the team impact this year was out of this war. I mean, when you hit sixty over sixty home runs, I mean it's gonna be the team impact's gonna be crazy. But yeah. Yeah. I think they'll add more guys to take pressure off of him. And I think that'll make the team impact have a little bit more. Yeah. Um, just for a breakdown of him as a player, I really like this deal. I don't mm-hmm. mind how long it is. I'm going to talk later about some long-term deals that I don't like. This deal runs into the age of 39. And at this price, it doesn't really concern me because sluggers, I think, age better than almost anyone else on the field. Maybe starting pitchers could be brought up with that. I think, like, if you look at, like, Nelson Cruz, Carlos Beltran, Edwin Encarnacion, Paul Canerico, those are guys who aged really well. Obviously, you got the deals like Miggy and Pujols, who, like, they give the older sluggers kind of a bad rap, but, like, they've put up good years in their older age, too. (laughs) So, those guys, like, old guys can hit. And Aaron Judge, he's not, like, he's going to be hitting bombs until he's, like, 80 years old. As far as, like, physical capacity... It's his hand-eye and cannot keep up with the ball. Learning to adjust with that, that was a big thing with Pujols that he had to adjust with was like keeping his hand-eye up and reworking that mm-hmm. as he got older. And I think he's like he's a talented enough hitter. His hand-eye is good enough now. Just with the way he's worked himself, the skill he has, the discipline he has at the plate, I think he'll be able to stay solid throughout his age. Right. Yeah. Physical ability is not leaving. Hand eye may go down, but I think he'll adjust for that. And this is going to be a great player for the next eight, nine years. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you see like the Bryce Harper deal or the Machado deal, these massive deals with real long numbers, you know, you're, you start to put into question how durable they're going to be in those tail ends, especially with players that have deal with injuries. And Judge really hasn't been dealing with injuries that much. So his yeah. body hasn't really shut down at any point. During his career so far, granted, he's only been in the league for four or five years, but I mean, he, he hasn't really shown signs of being injury prone or anything. So that's out of the question. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah. I'm feeling comfortable with him being, he's obviously not going to have, you know, be solid all the way or the way he was last year, but I could see solid all the way up till, you know, that 37, 38 season. Yeah. The three things that age poorly is physical abilities like speed, Mm -hmm. reaction time, and what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, aggressiveness doesn't age well. And he only relies on hand-eye, and every player relies on hand-eye. So Mm -hmm. 
he's in a very good position because you know he's going to be what is he like six seven? He's going to be six seven till the day he retires. That's not changing. That yeah. doesn't age. So yeah, I like what they got here. Moving on to the Mets, they got the uh, staying in New York now. Mets got David Robertson. Um, decent really deal here for reliever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I loved this deal. I really, I really like the the Mets, the Mets going after Robinson. Uh, yeah, one year, ten million dollar deal. That's not bad at all. Uh, and especially when you look at the bullpen with Diaz, uh, Ottavino, Seth Lugo, you know, T- Trevor May, Tyler Miguel. I mean, you got all these guys, and you add Dave Robertson to the mix. I mean, this the Mets are really reloading their their pitching staff. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that the Phillies let him go. I mean, I guess he was yeah. a free agent, so it wasn't so much of them letting him go, but they didn't try a little harder to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at that too because he played very well for the Phillies. Um, yeah, instrumental. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot about him when he was in on the Cubs. To be honest with you, I kind of forgot he was in the league, and then I, he started heating up with the Phillies. I was like, oh, you know, this is a Kind of forgot about him. He's pitching really well. Uh, yeah, like I said, he was instrumental with getting under the World Series. Yeah. Now he is a guy. He gets swing and misses. Um, it does kind of require him to avoid the middle of the plate, which kind of leads to walks. It just kind of works um, around the edges. Mm-hmm. But he does get a lot of strikeouts to go with it. He's not afraid to miss outside the zone. He just doesn't want to miss down the middle of the zone. And so. Yeah. As a reliever, he's not a guy that's going to get beat real, real bad. Like he's not, he's not, he's not going to leave a hanging curveball down the middle at any point. So he's a good piece, a good solid piece to have in your bullpen. No complaints there, honestly. Yeah, I mean that's somebody who's on the market. You got to go after and go get. And then sticking with the Mets, this was the one we kind of talked about. We kind of went back and forth on whether we not we thought it was a good deal or not. Yeah. But that's Brandon Nimmo staying with the Mets for an eight year. $162 million. Our concern here was the length and the amount of money. Not that they re-signed him, because obviously Brandon Nimmo is a very good player and you want on your team. But the eight-year $162 million, Once we were we kind of questioned whether or not he was worth that. And then after digging into it a little bit, we, kind of, we settled in that it was a pretty good deal for him. Yeah. So the Mets, obviously, they're trying to retain the table setter here. We talked throughout the whole season really about like the, the Mets. They have the table setters, a lot of table setters, guys who get on base, get themselves in position to be scored. And then you have like Pete, Pete Alonzo and Vogelbach is like the table clears. So he's one of the best in that, in that area. But what's, what was the big concern with him though? Yeah, he was, he's been injured here the past couple of years. You know, he had had a finger, he had a knee issue. Um, and then a hamstring. Of course, hamstrings and fingers kind of don't really matter. I mean, of course, you don't want to be pulling your hamstring every year. Yeah. But those aren't injuries that are reoccurring. Uh, now, the knee knee was slight, slightly an issue there. Um, you know, knees, elbows, shoulders, stuff like that, especially in baseball, you kind of want to keep an eye on if you have an injury there Yeah, with them. But, you know... Um, after we yeah. kind of figured out, uh, you know, we settled in that really shouldn't be issues as long as there's not structural damage to your knee. Should be good to yeah. go. And like you said, he is a very good player. In 2018, 
He had an amazing year, 140 games, 148 OPS plus, eight triples. 2019, 69 games, 2020, 55 games, which was COVID season, not so much him being injured. Um, but yeah, 151 games this year. When he plays full seasons, he is incredible. Even when he plays half season, like every time he's been on the field, he has been great. That's the incentive there. Mm-hmm. And so if he's on the field, he's great. And the injuries are flukes. And my, like, is there any truth to people who are like injury prone or are injuries just, just like straight up coincidence? Yeah. Cause like, I always think like in the NFL, like a guy who gets a broken leg and then comes back and like breaks his arm, like broken bones, like those types of things. Those are like freak accidents. It doesn't matter who you are under certain pressures, a bone's going to do what the bone's going to do. And you know, that's how a lot of injuries are to me, in my opinion. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. If they get hit in the hand with the ball, throwing 90 miles an hour, probably bones in the hands are going to break if it gets gets hit in a certain way. Yeah. Um, so I don't see holding that against a person in a contract situation. Unless it's a reoccurring thing, which, like you said, other than the knee, really shouldn't be an issue. My other concern for him Injuries aside, because we decided that's not a concern, is he is 29 years old. This is an eight-year contract for a speedy guy. This is not like Judge. This is not the power hitter aging. This is the speedy guy aging. How's that going to work out? Yeah. Now, this this type of player doesn't age as well. I mean, a guy that kind of reminds me a lot of Brandon Nimmo would be like a Jacobiette. Jacoby Ellsbury type guy. And we all know he didn't age very well. So the the aging is a little, is a concern for me. Granted, I mean, every player is going to be different and every player is going to age differently, but this style of play hasn't aged the best, at least here recently. Yeah. So, and so I don't think that means bad deal right now. Like it's an eight year deal. Mm-hmm. I think that means he's set for four good years and the Mets are set for four great years in this contract until he's about 33 years old. Yeah. Then I would, this may not turn out to be the best, but the Mets, who knows what the Mets are going to look like four years from now. Because two years from now, who knows what they're going to look like? Cause that's what they signed Verlander for. for. Yeah. I mean, they signed Verlander for two years. Uh, two years, $86 million. So that was a $42 million a year for Verlander. I would, I would take that. Yeah. I mean, for an MVP, three times Cy Young, all that, like, absolutely. This is the highest, um, yearly salary that works out really well. Um, but of course, of course, Verlander is still a great pitcher. He just won the Cy Young. He spots up, you know, his fastballs are entirely in the top half of the zone he still has heat to get up there his sliders per place perfectly down outside corner you know the curveball is always down and away he just mixes everything up gets it right in place nobody can hit him if you're a young pitcher who wants to become more dominant control control does it and that's what he does he does so well um average fastball fastball velocity is still 95 miles per hour still with the ability to get up to like 80 or 99 really so you know, obviously work on throwing harder, getting faster, coming up with more dominant pitches. But in the end, it's control, man. And yeah. he's got control of his pitches, and that's not leaving him with age. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's been very good the last however many years, you know, five, six years. He had his Tommy John, and usually at that age, I, I kind of would have thought, oh, he's going to slow down a little bit. But, no, he only got better. You know, he came off of Cy Young. You know, he's MVP, three-time Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Triple Crown, nine-time All-Star, two-time World Series. I mean, this guy can do it all. He's you know, 39 years old, if you can get this guy for a two-year deal, two, three-year deal, I mean, $40 million is a lot at that age, but... You're not locked in long-term here. Yeah, exactly. So if they don't work out, they don't work out. And, I mean, the Mets are looking like they have a whole lot more money than what they used to. I mean, they're really shoveling it out. so much money. Yeah. And I I wonder... If this money is going to come back to bite them in long deals like Brandon Nimmo four years from now, if he's not being an impact, paying him that much might be a problem. Mm-hmm. But you're not worried about a two-year deal for this massive amount because you're going to be in and out so fast. It's not really going to matter in the long run. Like we're, You're trying to win a championship now. Um, that said, has spending money caught up to the Dodgers the Yankees? Like When does all the money start catching up with the Mets? Yeah, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought about that because you know you kind you don't really think the Mets until here recently. You don't really think about them spending much money. So, but I mean, I would think it, it has to have caught up a little bit, especially just being in New York. I mean, I mean they they have to have. I don't want to say they have the same amount of money as the Yankees because I don't think anybody has the same amount of money as the Yankees except for the Dodgers, but. I mean, they have a lot. Yeah, they have highest sal- highest salary in baseball last year, and yeah, they're and probably pre- going to get obviously adding Verlander. They're probably going to get it again. Yeah, they're if not if they don't get it, they're going to be extremely close. Now, if you don't win, you know, I think I think it comes down to if they win a World Series or not. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't win a World Series under Verlander or under Scherzer. The clock runs out. You're out of money. I don't think it works out. They're they're in a bad position. I think if they win a World Series, they can put themselves in a position to retain a lot of this stuff. And maybe paying Nimmo for eight years isn't such a bad deal if you get a World Series out of it. You can find renewed success with that in some mm-hmm. way. Is that possible? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I, I could agree with that statement. All right. Well, the other thing the Mets did to try to get on a World Series path the next, you know, two or so years, is they added Jose Quintana from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was uh, this was one of uh, a few Japanese uh, pro ballers that came over. Yeah, nope, five years. Se- yeah, five year. No, oh, really down. Yeah, <laughs> you moved down one more. This code I see. Yeah. yeah, Quintana from the Mets. Yeah. I thought this was a very good deal as well. They're really molding that pitching staff through the loss of Degrom, which I don't, I don't know if I, if I was a, if I was a Mets fan, I don't know if I would rather have Degrom than what they got here. I believe you sent me a picture on Instagram of how they reworked their. Okay, but that the picture I sent you was how the Mets got rid of Degrom and basically got Quintana. Sangai and somebody else, I think. Yeah, that it did was. not. Inc- that did not include Verlander, did it? Yes. Yeah, it had. It did include Verlander? 
Yes, it was the Mets turned Jacob deGrom 185 million into Justin Verlander, Senga, and Jose Quintana. Well, the reason that's less is because deGrom got a long-term deal. And yes. Verlander got a two-year deal. Quintana got a two-year deal. Yes, but well, the point I'm trying to make is I would, even with deGrom and his injuries, I would rather have the three guys that they have now, including the guys they already have with Schorzer, than not adding those guys and adding Verlander for the long-term deal that he had. How about, how about like this? Would you rather have DeGrom? Uh, who else did they lose? Chris Bassett. Yeah, Chris And Bass. who was the third one that went to? He's down here. Um, just a second. Another guy got signed from them. Uh, Jose, wait, not Jose Quintana. The other guy, uh, Walker. Taiwan Walker. Would you rather have DeGrom, Taiwan Walker, and Chris Bassett? Or Verlander, Jose Quintana, and Kodai Senga? So I don't think it's a one for three. I think it's a three for three here. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a better way to look at it than the way I was looking at it. But I think, I mean, we'll see how it works out. That's yeah, tough. We'll, we'll, but I think they, they just replaced. Yeah, they just replaced. Yeah, they just replaced three for three. Now, I would rather have Verlander than DeGrom at this point. Yeah. So I, I would probably take the three that they that they got in this free agency rather than the guys they lost. Yeah. The only reason I may disagree with that is because DeGrom has significant age. But again, that's why DeGrom got the long-term deal. Mm-hmm. And the Mets went with a two-year deal. So- Yeah, so that kind of moves us into uh, the Singana or signing there. Five years, $75 million. Yeah, so that completes their rotation, uh, you know, the exit of Bassett there. So, yeah, he had um, a 1.89 ERA through 23 starts and 48 innings over there in Japan. He's 29. Uh, he started pro ball when he was 19 in Japan. So. This should be interesting. See if he pans out. Usually, pitchers usually pitchers do okay coming over. Yeah, they they should. Um, he seems like a very solid guy, like you said. Um, Chris Bassett was a very solid three in the rotation. Yes, but Bassett had a market value of like twenty one million a year. I think that's what he got paid. They're paying fifteen million a year, so they're saving some money. Maybe getting a downgrade here. But then again, you have like Quintana, who could also like you. You don't know what your upside downside is here, mm-hmm. so it's a good risk to take. I think not as good of a rotation as it was last year, but like, yeah, it's yeah, it's not whatever. bad. It, it yeah, as a whole, I think it'll be serviceable. It'll be in the better half of the MLB. Yeah, um, but Quintana, Quintana is probably going to be like the four or five in this rotation. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good. I think he's a good addition here. Um, somebody's got to hold it, but the, my concern is now is the starting rotation getting too old because you have Scherzer thirty eight, Verlander thirty nine, Quintana thirty three, Carrasco thirty five. It's, it's looking a little up there in age. I mean, the Mets are paying like they found the city of wealth and the fountain of youth, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Like. You have all these old guys. Is there some level of 
is there room for the young guys still to come up? Or are they just trying to win it now with the veterans? They feel like that's the way to go. Yeah, I would lean more towards probably that. Yeah. Um, especially the way that they've seen the Mets fall apart the last few years. They're probably trying to get veterans in there. But, I mean, yeah. they, they've had veterans all, this whole time. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this plans out. I think you know what you're going to get with Quintana. Because mm-hmm. Quintana can be your three if you need him to be. He's going to be... You know, an ERA around like a low four, high three type of guy, probably. But he's going to go 21 starts plus, and he's going to get you a lot of innings and be very solid. Yeah. Presence. Mm-hmm. And then you have the upside of Kodai Senga coming up and being an even better number three. So, yeah. So moving on to the next team, at yeah. least. Yes. Just moving south. Trey Turner. Got his bag, an 11-year, $300 million deal with Philadelphia, or I almost said 76ers, Philadelphia Phillies there. He reunites with his buddy, with Bryce Harper. Uh, they'll be together for eight years. So they got a lot of time here. So take a look at Trey, or, uh, Trey Turner's stats here. He's got, in, 20, in this past year, he's a 4.9 war. Hit almost 300 at 298, 101 runs scored, 100 RBIs, and 27 stolen bases. You think this? You think this was the the market that Trey Turner was going to get going into free agency? Do you think he got what he deserved, or do you think he yeah. got a little bit more? Yeah, I feel like that's right. I think there's a reason the 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 uh, the Dodgers let him go, but. Again, the market fits. Like I would say, he is mm-hmm. an absolutely great player. Mm-hmm. The thing that the Dodgers see that I kind of see is what's the longevity of him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. this is exactly the Brandon Nimmo situation we were talking about. Like he's great right now, and he's going to be great for another four years. He's a dynamic player, great exit velocity, hard hit percentage, speed, all that stuff. Amazing. Aggressive at the plate. Lots of swing and misses, chases a lot, doesn't walk. Those are the things that do not age well. And concerns me is, is you know, is he going to have good years past the age of 33? So, yeah, it's great for the Phillies for the next three, four seasons. But will they be in trouble as a franchise beyond that? I believe they could be. And that's not probably the best for Harper because I think Harper's going to age a lot better than this. Yeah, I so, agree. I don't know. Like the Phillies and the Mets are both setting themselves up for a lot of failure in four years, which is going to leave it up to the Braves and Miami to turn it around. Maybe be up and we could see a whole revolution. Who's who's competing in the NL East? Mm-hmm. Now, this is might be a slight different comparison, but do you think this deal may turn out like the Mariners Robinson Cano deal? Um. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because it is a big deal for that middle infielder. But at the same time, Robinson Cano was kind of a power hitting middle infielder. He didn't mm-hmm. have the speed of Trey Turner. And Trey Turner is a guy who can hit for incredible average, too. Um, obviously, a PED suspension thrown in on top of everything else with, you know, with the Cano deal. Like there were a lot of factors in his deal that I don't feel like are normal factors to be like, oh, it's like that in this way, in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I know there's a little a couple differences there, but I'm just thinking timeline, yeah. the amount yeah. of money, position yeah. wise, how they're going to age. That's what I was I was looking more towards yeah. that. Not yeah, because the PED stuff and that that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're the Mariners, you can't really control that. Yeah, but I think a lot of those reasons are the reasons that it mm-hmm. failed, and yeah. hopefully those factors are not here on this deal. Um, but no, like Trey Turner was the best hitter in baseball last year, according to F4. Not in 2022. Mm-hmm. In 2021, he was the best hitter. So so I like it. I think he could be good for a while. And this is, if they're looking to make a World Series run in the next four years, which I think they're set to do because they were just in the World Series, this is a good addition for that. But I think the mm-hmm. Dodgers know what they're doing and letting him go at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think this deal will be good for, let's say, there's 11 years. How how old is Trey Turner? He's he's what, thirty. Think yeah, I would say 30. yeah, I would say twenty eight, twenty eight to thirty. Yeah, I mean the eleven years so that put him at forty one ish. Yeah, yeah, exactly where it's put him. Yeah, so he'll be. You're probably looking at six solid years out of this, and then of course he's going to have down years. Lucky man. Yeah, and that's stretching it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the next question is how does how do these big 18-year deals affect teams? Like well, maybe it's not something we've seen a lot of cuz like we've seen the Yankees handle it. when they did the A-Rod stuff it worked out well. It didn't work out well for the Rangers when they signed A-Rod. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't didn't really work out well for the Angels when they took Pujols. Didn't really work out well for Miami when they took Stanton. Now all these teams are taking these massive eight, ten year deals worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Are we gonna start seeing more teams have bad impacts like you know the Angels and the and the Marlins due to some of these deals later on? I feel like you kind of have to. I think that's inevident when you're given when there's more deals like that. So but I think more teams going through that, but yeah, yeah. So they're not let me I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the same situation that, you know, Texas was and the Mariners were were in when they signed these guys. But I don't think that they're going to look as bad because there's going to be multiple at the same time. Yeah. Like when everybody's getting it, it's not as dramatic. Yeah. So when Texas signed A-Rod, it was so magnifying because no one else had done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty true. Yeah, same thing with the Mariners, or not Mariners, the Marlins, when Stanton signed. no, It was a shock because it was Miami spending that much money, and then nobody else had really signed that long of a deal, or at least in yeah. around the same time that he did. Yeah. Now, let's, let's hop divisions here. Move over to the NL Central. Wilson Contreras got a five-year deal mm-hmm. for $87 million. Yeah, I Great w- offensive year for him. Yeah, I love this deal. I think this is a great deal for for the Cardinals. You know, someone to take over. You know, from the torch. You know, so you got Contreras back there. Yeah. Um, you're not really having to groom somebody. He's already, you know, he's pretty squared away. He's been a very good catcher in the league. Um, granted, yeah. they have young guys there, so he's not going to have to catch day in and day out. But I re- I really like this deal. I thought it was a great deal for St. Louis, and I don't think it's a succession plan from uh, Yachty, but I think it's it 
in the works to have someone trained up to it. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals were really mentioned to be going after Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be the best option for us personally. Contreras has had major issues with, uh, with pitchers, you know, even to the point of some pitchers refusing to let them, let him catch them. Um, but I think the Cardinals worked out and are confident with it. They wouldn't have made this deal if they weren't confident that they that that, that wasn't going to be an issue. Yadi actually gave Contreras a recommendation, which is a big part mm-hmm. of this too. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wilson Contreras is not the only Contreras on the move here. Yeah. He actually had uh, his brother. Yeah. yeah, they both left. Uh, this was a three-team trade, Sean Murphy to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they also w- lost uh, lefty Kyler Muller, one of their prospects, Brewers. Um, this, this is where Contreras went with Brewers. So, yeah. I mean, Brewers, I that, they needed a catcher. Yeah, Brewers def- definitely needed a catcher. They they haven't really had one in a I while. I don't think they had to give up much. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the Remember Brewers, when Jonathan Lucroy was good? Yeah, that was, that was a time. Oh man! Yeah, back back in the day. Yeah, that yeah. Brewers needed a catcher. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, I, I believe the Athletics got like five players in this deal. I'm not exactly sure what they were, but the big names in it were Contreras there going to the going to the Brewers, and then Sean Murphy going to the Braves, mm-hmm. along with Kyler or Brett, and then the Braves also sent off Kyler Muller. But yeah, I thought this yeah. was a very good deal. I, this one kind of shocked me, though. I don't want to say shocked me; it surprised yeah. me. Yeah, Brewers didn't give up much, and they got a solid defensive or a solid catcher. And he's not a solid defensive catcher, Mm-mm. but the Brewers have a way of making guys into solid defensive catchers. And so, the Cardinals and the Brewers are two teams that I trust as they take in Contreras brothers. I think these are two teams who are going to train them to do very well with their pitchers mm-hmm. yes i think yeah both of these guys are experienced catchers they're both very good both of the teams needed uh catchers with leadership both these guys have leadership um yeah this this is one of those trades where everybody involved got a lot better and they got exactly what they needed i don't think this was one lopsided or anything like that but that'll take us there to our next team and that'll be Bryson's favorite player here on the list. We got Cody Bellinger going to the Cubs on a one-year, $17.5 million deal. Yeah, my favorite player and my favorite team here, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, best of both worlds. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of happy here. Cody Bellinger, one-year, $17.5 million. It's a good amount. Um It seems like a lot of money, a lot of money for a guy who's been so terrible recently, but, you know. He's got an MVP, Rookie of the Year, All-Star Game, Gold Glo- gold Glove, Silver Slugger, all those things under his belt. You mm-hmm. got to get paid for that to some extent, and that's obviously why the Dodgers didn't want him. And the, the Cubs have to get salary in somehow, you know. Gotta, can't be paying nothing here. So get a name, get a big name, mm-hmm. pay him some money. He's a veteran presence, obviously. You never know what he might do. It doesn't feel like something that's gonna like help them be way more competitive or make a run or anything, but like he's gonna fill a spot. He'll get more playing time here than he would in, in uh 
They did in Los Angeles, of course. So, you know, it's a move. Yeah, yeah. This is him betting on himself for a year. Uh, he apparently had other options with multi-year deals, but he wanted, you know, more money up front. So he took the one-year deal with the Cubs. So we'll see how it pans out. Uh, he, like you said, he hasn't been very good here the last probably, probably three years. Yeah. Including- For a player with his stats, $17.5 million is an insane amount, feels like. Yeah. Yeah, especially the way that he's played here recently. Uh, especially yeah, we're talking about a guy who could get cut getting paid like the other stars on this list in a sense. I mean, I feel like he essentially was cut from the Dodgers. He literally was cut from the Dodgers. Yeah. And I mean, then he gets a $17 million deal. Yeah. But, I mean, like you said, former MVP, rookie of the year, all-star. You know, he's got World Series experience. So, I mean, he has accolades to go with him that I don't yeah. know if those accolades That's why don't you pay him. Yeah, but I don't know if those accolades make him worth seventeen and a half million dollars though for a one year deal. But yeah, is. but I mean, who else are the Cubs paying? It's not like they got other guys that exactly. they're trying to be competitive with their salary with. Exactly, that's why they just kind of throw that money around. And it's, it's a one year deal. Yeah, and who knows? It may work out. He may play back to his MVP self. You may resign him. Let's just say he plays to almost an all star level, and I'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, it's a one-year deal. You can't really – if one-year deal for the Cubs, it's not something that's going to make them win the World Series, and it's not something that's going to make them be really competitive. It's not going to hurt them long-term either. Yeah, yeah. They, and they don't not, get hurt by this. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to hurt them. But, yeah, this is a high-reward, li- low-risk. Yeah. yeah now, just, the other move they made. Yeah, this one was very good. Keep getting James Talion on a four-year, $68 million deal. Yeah, I don't think it's something that really helps him a lot as the team either. It's, probably, it's more than Bellinger. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you added a veteran presence. You're filling out your rotation. And, you know, he's 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 a guy who's not going to walk people. He's going to take over 150 innings. Not a terrible amount of money for a starter. You're getting him for four years, you know. In three, four years, he could be a valuable end piece in a rotation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not bad there. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is something that's going to help them, you know, this next year. But keeping them locked up for four years in May, it'll help them in the future. I think. I think they'll be they'll be a little bit more competitive in the next yeah. three years than they are this next year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is a guy who's pitched very well the last couple of years. You know, he's not going to walk people. He can be a workhorse. He can pitch over 150 innings. Uh, and I think this, I don't want to say it was a bargain, but I think he, Italian could have got a whole lot more money than $68 million. I think, I don't know. Maybe. I could see that. But a four year deal, it's, it's a mm-hmm. good move for the Cubs here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this was a very good deal. Pretty neutral, but it's a good move. Mm-hmm. Now, we previous we had previously mentioned the Contreras deal. We're going to move backwards to the uh, NL East. The other component of that was Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy going to the Braves. Mm-hmm. Real upgrade upgrade for the Braves here. Um, Murphy's one of the better catchers in the game, in my opinion. He was really high up on our top ten catchers list. Mm-hmm. Amazing defensively and could hit pretty well. He's one of the 
I mean, you, the Braves got one of the best catchers in the game here. So I think yeah. that works out well. Yeah, and it's something they needed. So, yeah, they make this move. This, yeah, this is the only trade that we've talked about today. I mean, yeah. it's part of the same deal. But, yeah, yeah not, not a whole lot of trades going on, but a lot of signings yet. But this is another thing that's very good for the Braves. They needed a catcher. Uh, one I of the know best both ca- of their catchers made the All-Star game, but, like, did they yeah. really? Yeah, I mean, they they have all-star catchers, but you those catchers, I would much rather have Sean Murphy than either one of those catchers. 100%. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's a question. So he upgraded there. Yeah, so he's obviously the best catcher that's going to be on your roster. Yeah. He could... But... Yeah, and honestly, the... Braves are just robbing Oakland blind at this point. Mm-hmm. They yeah. got they got Matt Olson and now they got Sean Murphy. So um let's move other catchers, other catcher yeah. movement. We had Christian Vasquez went to the twins, agreed to a three year, thirty million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar. Um he's not as big. I would I don't think he's a top ten catcher, but Christian Vasquez has a lot of value. Mm-hmm. In being one of the most consistent, trustworthy catchers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's not something that's gonna. He's not gonna blow you out of the water. He's not, but he's not gonna perform really bad. He's just gonna be who he is, and he's gonna be very consistent throughout his time there. Yeah. And these are two teams, Braves and and uh, Twins. They've had decent catcher production in the past, but big upgrades. Mm-hmm. Big defensive upgrades. Both these guys work really well with pitchers and just all around good deals. I mean, yeah, I just trust. I mean, Christian Vasquez is the most trustworthy in three three years. Thirty million is not a lot of money either. No, not at all. I think that that's a little bit of a steal for him. You know, ten million dollars a year for someone that's going to be very consistent. He's going to work well with your pitchers. For catcher you're gonna have no complaints about probably so yeah i mean he's he's a no-nonsense guy so you're not gonna yeah th- this is a very good deal for the twins yeah um probably to the smallest deal we're gonna talk about today but i thought it was interesting just because the dodgers did it just because it's a big name dodgers signed jason hayward to a minor league deal yeah this was is there any way the dodgers capitalize off this maybe make you know, bring hayward back some point later down the road I think that I think there's always a possibility when you sign these minor league deals that you, that that potential for that is there. Um, I don't know how likely it is, but yeah, I mean he's not very old; he's 33, so he potentially could still have some good years left in him. Yeah. But yeah, you never know, especially with that age being 33, sign a minor league deal. I mean, he'll get brought up eventually. Who knows for how long or what the extent of his role when he's brought up will be but yeah it's worth noting it's worth paying attention to a little bit yeah he's a great defender mm-hmm. you know the best years do appear to be behind him but you know how the dodgers roll they can push to get you know another year or half a year out of somebody when they need it you know he's a he's a high enough caliber player with experience you know if they need to bring somebody up in, a, in an important situation he's, he seems like a guy that you would trust to do that mm-hmm Yes. You know, and if he doesn't have a mini resurgence, if he doesn't come back and give you value, what's the loss? You signed him to a minor league deal. Exactly. I mean, there's no risk in this at all. 
it also feels like an amazing re- replacement for Cody Bellinger. Like mm-hmm. the Cubs and Dodgers just switched here. So they're both lefties, both tall, big lefties, both pretty good to defense, both in the outfield. And they're both, they both basically got cut by their teams more or less. Yeah, essentially. I mean, tech, I mean, the technical terms, they didn't get cut, but it, Bellinger got cut. Yeah. Bellinger didn't get cut. Yeah. So I think the Dodgers, in that sense, if you look at it that way, it's just you, you got out of a bad salary situation. Um, you got salary space. You don't have the fans breathing, breathing down your neck about an MVP that you're not utilizing. Like, it works out really well, and you still have the exact same veteran component mm-hmm. with good experience and success under his belt. Like, I think it's smart. Yeah, um, I agree. More noticeably in the NL West, anything's more noticeable than a minor league signing, I guess. But um, Sean Manea went two years to the Giants, $25 million. Gives the Giants – the Giants have really been trying to go hard this offseason. They've tried to make some big deals. We mentioned them earlier with Judge. Hasn't really resulted in anything yet for them. This is the one move they made. Manea adding to this rotation helps improve. I feel like he's like the three or four in the rotation with upside, but the team wants to do more, and I don't think Manea is everything they wanted as far as what they want to do this offseason. And what they want to do to compete. Yeah, I agree. I think they're they were trying to go all in and get a whole lot of big pieces. You know, they were linked to to Judge. It was reported that he was actually signed with going to sign with the Judge or with the Giants. That was a little premature, of course. He ended up going back to yeah. the Yankees. Um, they've been kind of linked to some of the shortstops that have been out there. So yeah, they're trying to go all go big this this offseason, trying to spend a whole bunch of money. And this is all they've really done. You know, he could be a three or four rotation guy with a lot of upside, but this isn't really the big splash that they were expecting. Yeah. And this is a team, they struggled so much in 2022. They had a great 2021. You look at the whole rotation, kind of fits that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Logan Webb finished with a 2.9 ERA. He's he's probably the best, most solid guy they had. But like you look at the rest of the rotation, like Alex Wood, great twenty twenty one, bad twenty twenty two. So many of their stars fit into that category. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot that they're trying to turn around here. They're also trying to turn around Manea in a sense. You know, my concern is the fact that can Manea turn around? He's been decent, dominant at different points. It feels like he's been moving in the opposite direction for a couple of years now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it'll just be maybe the new new setup, you know, new city, new team. Maybe it'll kind of re-energize him and he'll go back to, you know, being being one of those guys. Yeah. But yeah, I it, think it'll be interesting. I think what he needs with that is I think he needs to rework his command. He mm-hmm. he throws a heavy sinker. Yes. And year over year, it has just moved up and up in the zone. Like back in twenty twenty, it was like from the middle of the zone down. And then 2021, it was like right in the middle of the zone, a little bit above, a little bit below. This year, 2022, the ball never got below the middle of the zone. That is not yeah. good for a sinker. Yeah, that needs to be lower 
lower half. And when it was lower half, that's when he was good. Yeah. His better years. So that I think he can fix that and get that back. But I mean, it's been three years of him not fixing that. So is he going to pick up on that trend? Is he going to adjust? I hope so. Is it as simple as just that? I don't know. You would think they would have already thought of that, you know? So yeah. I don't know. He can be very dominant at times, just not with consistency, it seems. So that was, that was the first move from the first big move from the NOS, but the, the Padres made some bigger moves. Yeah. The Padres made one of the bigger moves that w- we may talk about, you know, here we had Xander Bogart sign the 11 year, $280 million deal with the Padres. Um, you know, this one kind of surprised me. The Red Sox didn't really make an offer to him. And that, I, there, was yeah. report, there was reports coming out that he, the Red Sox were even their third and his fourth, fifth, you know, option. He had options to go several other places, but he ends up going out west San Diego on that 11 year, $280 million deal. Um, you know, another 11 year deal for a 30 year old. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about the Red Sox later. I want to talk about Xander first. We'll transfer to the Red Sox. Got a lot to say about them. Um, but yeah, this is another 30-year-old getting an 11-year 11-year deal. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. The Padres have given up a lot of their future. They gave up McKenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams to get you know Juan Soto. Yeah. Soto's young. But then you go and you, you pay Xander, you're paying Manny, you're paying Musgrove. They're all 30-year-old guys on long-term deals now. Do you have the money to sign Hayter and Soto, who are younger guys? You know, now you sign Xander to this. Like, they're paying a lot of older guys. They're paying Tatis, but Tatis is young, so that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only, you know, signing that they made the last year that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to pay some old guys, but when you have Hader and Soto sitting there, knowing they have free agency next year, and yeah. you're just willingly giving up money, being like, "No, we don't actually need them." Is that what they're like? I don't know what they're doing here. So I would this, much rather have Soto and Hader. I would much, yeah, I would much rather lock up Soto, especially right now. But yeah, I mean, especially with the positions that they already have. I mean, we were going through. There's gonna have there's gonna have to be like two players that play out of like their secondary position. Yeah. In the in, in the infield. I mean, you got Machado, uh, Tatis, Xander. I mean, him and Cronenworth, all natural shortstops. Yeah. Stops. Yeah. So who knows? And what's gonna- obviously, Machado set at third. So you know, whatever. He's been away from shortstop for a while. Yeah, Machado's. He's been. He's locked in at third. Tatis has been working in the outfield. Yeah, that would that would be very interesting. That I don't would, feel like he's an outfielder. Yeah, I don't. I could see him playing center. Yeah, I could see him kind of molding into that position. He's he's got the arm, he's got the speed and athleticism. It could work. Now, his the only thing is, is he going to be willing to do that? Is he going to be willing to switch? So he seems well, like the cool shortstop, though. Like, yeah, yeah, that's my thinking too. I mean, he. He's just got you know, Xander can't play anywhere defensively. Yeah, there's nowhere else he can play. 
Xander's was so bad at shortstop. It took him enough work to get good at playing shortstop. To I wouldn't want to try to move him anywhere else now. Yeah. So, well, who who knows? Who knows what's going? I would like to see their opening day roster. That's that's what I'm. Yeah. Like You're their have to opening wait a day for Tatis. Yeah. Opening. Yeah. yeah their lineup. Once they have everybody healthy, yeah, oh yeah. I for, forgot about that suspension is going to take a little bit longer. Yeah, whenever everybody's back on the field, that lineup card's going to look very interesting. Yeah. I don't know what they're I mean, it's a good problem to have. Too many good players, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in a good position with with what the problem that they have. A lot of teams would would rather be in the position that they're in and yeah. have the problems they have and what they're in. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Xander will age better than the other. Yeah, I agree. Brand, with that. Than Brandon Nemo and Trey Turner because he doesn't he doesn't rely so much on speed and he doesn't rely so much on pure aggression at the plate. Mm-hmm. That says shortstop is not the greatest aging position. So I'm thinking like six years maybe rather yeah. than four. Yeah. You know? So we'll see how it works for him. Um. All right, Red Sox. Yeah, we'll we'll close. We'll close every time, to, man. Yeah, we'll close them with the Red Sox. Yeah, every this, time this, we talk about the Red Sox, it's like, what's going on? Yeah, this one, and I, I mean, I feel like this didn't even this off season. We thought would make make it make it sense. That was not the case at all. I uh, think it kind of hit me at the end. Yeah, something hit me. Yeah, so. We got another Japanese player. I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Yoshida. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna attempt the first name. Get the last name. Yeah, Yoshida. There, five year, hundred five million dollar deal with the Red Sox. You, then you got Kinsley Jansen, two year deal coming up from Atlanta, and then Chris Bassett, of course, coming over from Toronto. Into no, he went to Toronto. Or yeah, went to Toronto. Sorry. Yeah. So we'll jump into him later, but yet. So you got those two signings there. Um, yeah, didn't bring so back was, didn't bring back Xander, the one person that we thought he would they would bring back. I mean, if they were going if they weren't gonna bring back Xander or even really give him a competitive offer, what was the point of not trading him? I don't know about that. I will. I'm gonna rip into the Red Sox for a second, then I'm gonna. Ease up and defend them. See how that goes. So we'll start back with Mookie Betts. This whole episode, really, we've been talking about like the long-term deals to the dynamic players, right? Mm-hmm. So they the the Red Sox traded their MVP. You know, the real guy that they loved. They gave him a real low-ball offer. They weren't willing to go over three hundred million dollars. And of course, then they traded him to the Dodgers, and I think it it, de- it destroyed their outfield. The outfield has not recovered to this day. No, from, that, from losing Mookie. Yeah, Mookie, Menatendi, all of them. <clears throat> so are are the Red Sox too cheap? I mean, they offered Mookie a three hundred million dollar deal. They weren't willing to go up to three sixty five paid by the Dodgers. But now we have this on a smaller scale. We know. The situation with Xander, right? He is great. Obviously, he's an amazing player, captain type presence, amazing at the plate. During spring training, the Red Sox offered him four years, 105 million. And 
basically an identical deal to what the Red Sox paid for. Sorry, it was four years, ninety million. The Red Sox then paid uh, Masataka Yoshida the uh, the five years, hundred five million, which is basically the exact same deal for a player who's never played in the MLB before. And so it kind of seems like a slap in the face to be like, hey, you're our biggest star. Here's this deal. And there's this guy who's done absolutely nothing for us. Don't even know if he's going to translate to the to the league. We're going to give him an identical deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Sox did turn it up to a six-year, $160 million deal. That is a big step up. Yeah. Yeah, that, but, that is a big step up, especially just adding two years and putting on $55 million. That's a big jump from the initial. It was not close to what other teams were offering, which is why they still weren't in his top four. A lot of that came down to length of the deal. The Red Sox refused to go over $200 million. And I think this whole episode, we've been talking about how you know these eight, eight, 10-year deals for these 30-year-old players may not be the smartest. I think the Red Sox realized that. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to go over six years for Xander. So they took the Japanese player for the same price. Yeah. And less I mean, than. Yeah. So it does seem disrespectful to the guy that came up in their organization. But I, if they signed Rafael Devers to a massive deal, it makes sense. Because Rafael Devers is 24. You can yeah. sign a 24-year-old to a 12-year deal and be perfectly fine. We'll produce all through that. Yeah. And you offer the 30-year-old a five-year deal, and you feel fine with that too. So yeah. I don't want to give the Red Sox a terribly hard time for this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But, I mean. You want to have the good player, though. Yeah. At the same w- time. Yeah, you want to have the good player, and sometimes you're going to have to overpay. Because, I mean, realistically, most of the people we've talked about, they're at the tail end of their, probably the last four years of their deal, if they're long, they're going to be in the conversation of this guy's overpaid. Yeah. But so, as of right now, they're helping their team compete for a World Series. Exactly. And the Red Sox are right there where, you know, two years ago, you know, they in the ALCS. And then this past year, didn't even, were never looked like a playoff team. So, and that's just the way baseball works. You get another player, you know, some, on player on another team gets hurt. You know, doors open all the time for to, to get to a World Series. Yeah. So I think this is a great move for them. If they're, you know, if they're wanting to move young, go young, make the smart deals you want to make, like Yoshida to a five-year deal. Sign Devers, lock him up. And I like where they're sitting moving forward. They're not in a competitive mode now. But they won't have to worry about Devers down the road. And they'll be able to sign other guys. And they mm-hmm. should be able to find enough guys over time to sign to these five-year deals and play it smart. And they could set them up for much better sustained success than what some of these other teams are setting themselves up for. Maybe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That makes that makes sense. When you Finally, play. we figured out what the Red Sox are doing after like a year of this podcast plus. <laughs> And we're not even sure. This is just an hypothesis. Yeah, some, somehow they'll they'll prove us wrong. They'll, yeah. they'll go sign somebody. They're not going to. They're not going to extend Devers. No. Yeah. But shoot, twenty-four they, year old. Yeah, they may go out and sign Dancy Swanson to a twelve-year, three hundred and fifty million dollar deal. Yeah. Who knows? 
All right. Uh, last deal. We're going to talk about Chris Bassett, three-year to Toronto. I didn't put down much detail on this. But yeah, Chris Bassett had a very solid year in 2022. Mm-hmm. Not great, not terrible. He was just solid. Yes. Toronto needs that. They need sustainability in their rotation. And they got that. Yeah, I thought this really, well. Yeah, I thought this is a good get. Take some pressure off the other guys they got in the in the bullpen or not in the uh, in the rotation. Precisely. All right, so we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Make sure you check out the Instagram and the TikTok. Going over, we just finished top 10 shortstops, and now we're actually moving to uh, the top 10. What am I doing now? Oh, we're doing City Connect jerseys. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Make sure to check that out. Noah and I worked. We got some other friends in here on this, helping out make this rank. Um, so check that out. Of course, appreciate your guys' support. We'll see you guys next time.